0: do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick
1: Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show.
0: Gumbo is a way of life.
1: Fill your bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again to another episode of the world-famous universe-spanning gumbo show, the only show in all of both the universe and the metaverse dedicated to god's perfect food that's right a bowl of gumbo here we are ladies and gentlemen you are three hosts as always in north in southeast louisiana i'm famen roberts in north texas brent barksdale Bar- and there in northern virginia dave huguenel what's happening fellas
0: what's up what's up I, I gotta be honest i like the old intro better <clears throat>
1: You want to go back to the old yeah. intro? You want it's to start over? It's
0: gumbo time. I don't All right.
1: I
2: don't mind it. I Feynman, I just want to let you know that I, I like your face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dave, are you are you stoned? What
2: are you I'm doing not. over there? <laughs> I just I, I don't want to miss Fameen's I, I I don't think I saw Fameen last week. So it's like I, you know, seeing Feynman on on my uh computer I'm Zoom, day, like Zoom and the listeners
0: is, don't get to see our faces, thank goodness. this
1: oh, fantastic yeah. orangey light I've got going on.
2: They're
0: missing. Uh,
1: out. They're missing. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, Davey, you've been you've been on a lot of podcasts. All right, we'll go back. I'll redo it with the. Do we have a three thing? <laughs> oh, that we no,
0: we're recording. We're going with this. No, this is live. <laughs> we're ripping <laughs> you on the air. You don't want to we're just lying. redo? No. No, 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 it? Right. No, 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 no. Well, let's go. You've been chastised early. So we, you are done. Moving on. Let's keep going. Right. This is great. This is great content to rip you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bring come come with it, fellas. All right. Well, look, as you guys know already, this week we are joined by, once again, a very, very special guest. We have with us today, Sarah Thevena. In her day job, she's an events director for a bunch of different facilities there in Texas. But by night, or sometimes by weekend, she's a gumbo chef extraordinaire. And she is the winner of the 2022, no, 2021, forgive me, BT's Gumbo Cook-Off. Sarah, welcome to the show.
3: Hey guys, thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: And just to clarify, co-winner with BT. They, they shared the crown. First time ever. Well deserved for both of you.
3: Thank you, thank you. Well, Sarah,
1: we, we know that you made a guinea fowl and andouille gumbo, which I can honestly say I've never tried. I wasn't able to be at the cook-off this year. So tell us just briefly about your gumbo.
3: Uh, Well, I got the idea to do guinea fowl because, you know, I wanted to change it up from the traditional chicken and sausage gumbo, which is my favorite. Um, And, you know, in years past, I've done a few wild gumbos at the competition and wanted to do something different this year. And my dad suggested, you know, guinea fowl is one of the most traditional ways the Cajuns cooked gumbo because it came down into you know from Africa to Portugal down to France and then made its way to Louisiana so I thought well let me give it a shot and try it out I really like the gaminess of it and so I kind of kind of went with it.
0: Fame, hey, but let me ask the next question um so Brent would tell you us, like to ask the next question? I'm going to ask the next question because okay, uh, it's probably the only Let's one I'm going to Brent. contribute I'm going to contribute all night so tell us how many years you've been in the competition how and what gumbos you've you've made because i know there's some exotic stuff because you're the kind you're the contestant that brings the uh, the variety is what i've heard from brett and others but go ahead yeah.
3: so i've i've competed 3 years i did 2 years in a row um and then of course had to skip one covid and skip another cuz work obligations and then this year i did the guinea fowl but i started my first competition um i did squirrel gumbo built a squirrel gumbo and that was that was fun
0: <laughs> I don't I know you didn't win right
1: so so generally but I should have won I'm I'm opposed to dishes that have um, members of the rodent family in them but <laughs> I, I have to say I would love to try a squirrel gumbo
3: well you know I didn't know that eating squirrel was weird at all this was totally normal for me We grew up eating squirrel my dad, my uncle's would go out and shoot squirrels. And my older sister and I and my cousin were all close in age. It was always a competition. Our dad, our uncles would come back and bring the squirrels and we all had matching fanny packs and they would give us the squirrels and we would just shove them into the fanny pack and let the tail hang out and run around the hunting camp. And whoever had the most tails, you know, you were, you were the winner. You were the most awesome one of the day. Thanks dads. Um, So I didn't have any clue that eating squirrel was weird until I moved to Austin and looked out my office window one day and saw a nice big fat squirrel and saw, oh, man, I'd only need one or two of those to really make a good gumbo. And someone (laughs) stuck their head in my office and said, excuse me, (laughs) what was that? No, ma'am, we don't eat squirrel around here. Are you crazy? But, I'm a, uh, yeah.
1: I, I have to admit I'm a little bit still stuck on stuffing squirrels into the fanny, <laughs> fanny pack with the tails hanging out and running around the hunting camp. It's It sounds like a magical upbringing. I can't believe Disney hasn't made a movie about it.
3: <laughs> it was pretty awesome and that was just life. That was totally normal for us.
2: <laughs> well I do want to point out though <clears throat> so and we're going to probably talk about and we should talk about the details of the gumbo. But I also want to give Sarah props because she was the only contestant that I remember that actually had like an hors before her gumbo, which she was serving blood boudin to anyone that passed by her table, uh, which I will say honestly did not affect the scoring of the actual gumbo itself, but definitely like made me realize like, okay, like this person's awesome. I'm going to make sure I stand by this table for as long as I can because that boudin was amazing.
3: Thank you. That um, that was not mine. I did not make Boudin. I never made Boudin, but every time I pass through, you know, home and get to bring a nice big ice chest with me, I always stop at Best Stops. One of my favorite places to pick up tasso onouille, all that good stuff. And then of course, Karchner's is right next door. And when I went through this year, they had blood Boudin, which I'd never seen before, and I'm a fan of really livery gamey food. And so I picked some of that up and tried some at home and said, you know, do I keep this for myself because that's what I really wanted to do? But I got swayed into bringing it for an appetizer, and I'm Thank glad you. I did. It's, it's fun to share with everybody and bring something new.
2: Thank you for not being selfish. I appreciate. <laughs> it. Yes,
1: you clearly made the decision that neither one of us would have made. By Correct.
3: the way, I'm not for myself. <laughs> so I'm so, like, no doubt.
1: Definitely a sausage hoarder. Myself.
0: Oh my gosh, he loves the meat. <laughs> Hey, so you mentioned growing up and cramming squirrels in your fanny pack. So tell us where you grew up.
3: <laughs> so I grew up. It has in- to
0: be Louisiana.
3: It I'm is. sorry, Francis
0: made that sound dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, if they're bloody and they have uh, injuries, of course it's kind of dirty. But anyway, go ahead. Tell us where you grew up in Louisiana.
3: <laughs> so I grew up in St. Francisville, which is about 40, 45 miles north of Baton Rouge. Actually. Of just past St. Francisville, um, there's a little town called Wakefield. And in Wakefield, that's where our family home is. So,
1: Is that close to the prison?
3: Very close. Very oh, close yeah. to Eagle penitentiary. We used to have a lot of friends that grew up in the community within the gates and the grounds there. So we spent a lot of time there as well.
1: I like, I like how attackers. you refer to it as the community. <laughs> where are you from? I'm from the community.
3: It is, and so it, it's really a good group of people live out
1: there. You live inside the walls, but you're allowed to go out. Yes. Unlike most of the residents of the community. Correct. <laughs> no, so so, and and then we are going to ask about the details of your competition gumbo, your winning guinea fowl gumbo. But was was gumbo just uh, just something? You know, was it a family thing for you guys? Did did you grow up? You know watching your mom stir the roux in the pot or anything like that what was it like
3: yeah man both sides of my family my grandparents were big cooks um my pa always you know made a great chicken and sausage gumbo he was a fan of the really really dark roux and the boiled eggs in his gumbo um that's my mom's side of the family then my grandfather on my dad's side he had um an interesting quirk he always loved baked sweet potatoes in his gumbo Um, which is something that I still use. Now, I'll put them on the, you know, not in the gumbo. You still have the rice in the bottom, nice full bowl of gumbo, and you've got your baked sweet potatoes on the side. So that's still um, something I really love to do. So really, my grandparents grew up cooking. My parents, they passed it down to them, and we've always just, our family get-togethers consist of talking, you know, talking nonsense to each other and eating and dancing.
1: Talk. Talk about like which rodent you'd like to put in a gumbo next.
3: Basically, well, yeah, it's always yeah. squirrel, man.
1: <laughs> I'm sh- well. I'm sure a nutria. Somebody's made a nutria gumbo. I've for made sure,
3: nutria gumbo, but I've had nutria sausage, and I, I actually quite like it.
0: Next yeah. year, you should do nutria gumbo. Nutria. I don't not know not if only- you'll repeat as winner if you do that, but it'll be but you, you can a good really story. Get a
1: bounty for for all the nutria you kill to put. That's in true.
0: It. Make money
1: get $6 to yeah. tail I think.
3: Exactly. They'll pay you for it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh so tell us tell us about the gumbo you made like uh how long did it take? When did you start? What kind of did you did you you I assume you did a roux with this gumbo you made for the gumbo cook-off?
3: Yes. So, so just yeah. just kind of walk us through it. My gumbo, you know, I really love cooking it. I love the preparation. So, I like to spend the whole week making gumbo. People ask, what are you doing this weekend? Well, nothing. I can't. No Tuesday. No Wednesday. I'm busy. I'm cooking gumbo. I've got something I have to do every day. I like to make my own room. I like to make a dry room. I like to, you know, my favorite time to make gumbo is right after Thanksgiving. Take all the smoked turkey carcasses and make those into my stock. Um, And each day just has its slow, lengthy process. Um, And then work, you know, one day before, two days before, make sure all my vegetables are chopped, all the Trinity's ready to go. And then that Saturday before, get it all in a pot, cook it down real well. I put a ton of sausage in my gumbo, a ton. And, you know, when you're cooking with guinea fowl, you know, even chicken, really. But I'd like to hand pull it. So I take a little extra time to do that. And then Sunday morning when you get that stock nice and heated up again, slowly start adding things to it and just let it sit. That's my favorite way to make it. It takes a whole week.
1: All right. So I, I <laughs> a couple of things in there I just want to touch on uh, that I'm curious about. You said you like to make a dry root. I do. So tell us about your dry root. I mean, it's, you just uh, you just cook some flour in the oven.
3: No, I do it on the stovetop in my cast iron. I have my little root, my roo stick. Um, and just take some time, sit there with a beer, have the TV in the distance and just stir. Just a lo-
1: and so you're just stirring the flour. You don't use any oil.
3: No, just the flour. I'm kind of like the Cajun Creole queen. She said she takes three hours to make her roux. Uh-huh. Exactly how I like to make mine. Wow. Because I've burned it too many times. You see, uh, <laughs> I, I
2: learned. I guess I can see that. I, I've never heard of someone making a dry roux like on the stove top. It's always like yeah, so like that's kind of but I can see like the you know that the hard part of doing on the stovetop is that it probably burns way easier. You can burn cool. it
3: really easy, but a nice seasoned cast iron, you just low and slow really makes it makes it well. That's the way I like it.
1: So that and then your Trinity, you just use the regular green bell pepper, onion, and celery.
3: That's right. Why you chop I mean, them fine
1: or or in big chunks. I'm a fine chop.
3: Well, so I, I'm not sure. right. I don't like the chunks. I like the chunks in my gumbo to be the meat and the sausage. Did,
0: so, did did you listen to our podcast? I'm always up gumbo. I'm always uh, I have
3: listened to a few of them. I've, I've actually learned quite a bit. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm ready to try out a few new things for sure.
2: Uh, there's nothing. Uh, so so I, I can see why I, I voted very highly for your gumbo because we talk about this all the time. I hate hate big chunky pieces of vegetable in my gumbo like yeah like it's it's there for flavor it's there for that like i don't like if i get like a big chunk of celery in my mouth when i'm eating gumbo like i'm i'm done
3: <laughs> no i don't know not a chunky gumbo fan i like i like it to just fade away you can taste the flavors but you don't really have to see much of it yep i'm also a big fan of bay leaf in my stock i don't hear a lot of people talk about it i'm sure it's in the background but i i'm a big fan of the bay leaves in stock
0: how many do you put in a, oh, like a normal five. pot. Five? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'll
3: let them sit and hang out in there for quite some time. And I don't really take them out. I just tell people don't eat the leaf. I don't know.
2: Yeah. You don't have to tell the tourists that. Like let let the tourists figure that out on their own. Yeah, yeah. Everyone should actually eat a bay leaf at least once in their life. Oh, yeah. No,
3: it's pretty traumatic.
0: <laughs> it's traumatic.
1: I actually <laughs> did the thing today because I was eating leftover gumbo where I put a spoonful in my mouth and then went you know and then do, yeah. and then just pulled the leaf yeah, but i, I made sure like real tight so i got all the gumbo right. off oh, the yeah. leaf Don't leave any- <laughs> you could have put that leaf right back on the tree it was so pristine <laughs> when yeah. i pulled it out of my mouth
0: that's um, right you made gumbo this weekend
1: i did make some gumbo this weekend yes yeah, so all right so for the cook-off when you did your guinea fowl did you how did you cook your guinea fowl beforehand did you did you roast it or did you bake it? What did you do with it? And and did you put spice on it? What did you do?
3: I did. I roasted them um, really, really low. It took a long time because I knew that kind of meat takes a long time to cook because they are much leaner than chicken. Um, It's essentially an all dark meat chicken with 50% less fat. So it takes a little longer to cook and tenderize the meat. But if you put too much seasoning on it, it dries it out even more, in my opinion. So Let them roast. I kind of cooked them just like you do like a a beer butt chicken. Set them on top of the beer can, Mm -hmm. put them in the oven, let them roast for a while. It keeps some of the moisture in there. Um, And then pull them out, let them rest and hand pull them. And then that gets set aside. Doesn't get put into the gumbo until maybe 30 minutes before.
0: Where did the next situation where where was the neck? Because there was neck in your gumbo.
3: There's neck, there's hearts, there's livers. I oh, yeah.
0: The hearts. I had a heart. And yes.
3: All, all the giblets, everything, all the innards, give them to me. Give me extras. Uh, I love them. Yeah. I like that. Like I mentioned before, I love that livery taste. Um, that I love that gamey taste. That's just my preference. And so I put them all in there.
0: Yep.
2: Well, I will so, say it works. I mean, it worked really uniquely from a competition standpoint, too, because most people a lot of great gumbos i think one of the reasons that yours stood out and obviously ended up winning is that it was just there was a difference to it too like you can have chicken and sausage five times in a row then you get guinea fowl with the you neck know, all the, birds, the neck you know, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the quail egg yet i know.
0: know that's next yeah, yeah. dave not, you want to can we go there we can
2: i mean that go was ahead. kind of
0: like the, like the m night Shyamalan
2: twist of that thing <laughs>
0: yeah yeah ask get, <laughs> ask away dave
2: yeah so so, so tell us about the. Uh, I guess it would be the, the sort of the dressing or sort of like, like the topping of the dumbbell. Like what was your thought there in terms of using the quail egg and what you did there?
3: Yeah, so I usually finish my gumbo with a bit of white vinegar because I like, I think it just brightens it up and pulls it all together right there at the end. And so my thinking here was, you know, my grandfather always liked those boiled eggs in his gumbo, and I like the vinegar, and a lot of people like the mustard potato salad on the side or a big dollop on top. So I found these mustard pickled quail eggs and thought, let me just pull it all together and do something a little bit different, seeing as I'm already going out of the basket anyway with the guinea fowl. And I found those at Best Stop in Scott, Louisiana, and it's a brand called Knox. And they, he makes all sorts of different quail, pickled quail eggs, but I found those mustard ones. And boy, are they delicious. I actually just recently ordered a whole case of the jars. <laughs> get sent over to Austin because you can't find anything like that here.
0: That's
2: awesome. It was so good. It was it was almost like just like eating like like a like a little like deviled egg.
1: Like that's what it reminded
2: me. Yeah,
3: of. yeah. It's got a little paprika in it. It's not too spicy. It's just got that tang. Yep.
1: I know, I'm gonna need you to like uh, freeze dry some of this gumbo and ship it to Mandeville right away, so that I can have some. Absolutely. Because I'm make make getting a- hungry just listening to make this. make
3: a new one. We are, you know, we are facing Snowmageddon uh, 2.0 here in Texas where everyone's rushing to the grocery stores and buying up all the stuff because it's supposed to freeze and rain tomorrow night for the next, you know, and last two or three days. So I think it's time. The only thing that got us through last year when the utilities went out for two weeks was the cast iron and all the frozen gumbo and the propane, you know, burner outside. So
1: we're
0: heading to your house. That's
1: (laughs) what I was gonna say is that when when the electric grid fails, as it seems like it's gonna do in Texas again, you know, reheating some frozen gumbo over an open fire—it's one of the best things you can do. It's a lifesaver. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. we're saving lives here. It's
1: it's yeah. survival food. Yeah, it worked out you know?
3: last year. You know, we made it through, and that's my that's my game plan for this year.
0: <laughs> you know what? Well, I like right. I like that her background is her kitchen.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm house sitting for a girlfriend of mine. Oh,
0: so okay. <laughs> we're in our offices, and she's got a kitchen behind her. It's like perfect. I was- I was about to say, I think we
1: have the same stove. Because <laughs> yeah. Our stove looks just like that. But um, so let me let me ask you this. So you were there and you obviously made one of the co-winning gumbos. Uh, and it, it sounds absolutely amazing. Did you see any other gumbos there that you thought, oh, dang, that's a great idea. I'm going to see if I can't incorporate some of that. Or that's something that I think is really neat or anything like that while you are at the gumbo cook-off.
3: Yeah, man. Um, I believe it was Donnie that made the gumbo with the um fried dehydrated okra yeah that was nice and crispy on top i believe it was donnie that made that forgive me if i'm wrong but that was incredible i'm a fan for the crunch on top of the gumbo i mean nothing could be better unless you've got some best stop cracklings just crumbled on top of there (laughs) so that one was really really cool i like that a lot
0: and he had the lobster uh, was it bit, lobster too? Lobster take, stock
3: in, look, honestly, we get there so early in the morning and we start test tasting um, the whiskey first with our coffee. So by the time we get through tasting all these gumbos, I I know they're all fantastic. I can't remember who cooked which one, but yeah. Donnie's with with the okra was fantastic.
2: That, that was one. I mean, the gum the gumbo was good. I mean, the fried okra was like the like the freezer dried dehydrated okra right. the thing that he did. I like, I just wanted to get like a bag of those and like and like like a bowl of like
0: Ramelade or something. Yes. <laughs> just
3: yeah. keep it. So <laughs> yeah. So you
0: right. know what we haven't done yet, Dave? Uh we haven't and Sarah, we haven't made fun of Brett Berry. So let's make fun of his gumbo or talk about All his right. gumbo. Oh man. Tell me what did you think of his gumbo, Sarah?
3: Brett's gumbo was, I thought it was good. It was certainly spicier than it's been in the past, which I like the spice. But Brett, love you, dear. He was having a hard time that morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he forgot he had to bake gumbo until about 1 a.m. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I got to start I,
3: I got there. I got to the armadillo den. The gate was still closed. And I called him and said, dude, let, let tell somebody to let me in. I have <laughs> things to set up. Got to get over here. Yeah. So. He showed think, up and we, uh, we got it all running but...
2: No, I think I think after the competition the EPA showed up because they heard <laughs> there was oil spill. Yeah. Uh, oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he he admitted he should have done some skimming. There are
2: there like, there, there, <laughs> there like people in the background like 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 cleaning like the oil from Brett's gumbo, like off wow.
0: The- oh man. I mean it was like it, but Fame and look, it was I don't I need, I need to look if I have a picture, but it had like a two inch thick, like just oil sheen. So he just needed to spend a little time skimming, and he admitted, like, if you're hungover, this is the gu- and it tasted awesome. It, did. Like it was it gumbo, delicious. It, it was really so good. Great. Once you stirred it about 42 times, it was great. <laughs> no, 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 no. The gumbo well, actually tasted really good.
3: I thought any, me after he got the squirrel bomb, so
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought any uh, any oil deposit that large in Texas immediately got sent to a refinery. To be honest.
0: Oh, man. I don't know if that was a good joke.
1: I don't know if it was either, but I'm putting it out there, man. I'm yeah.
2: trying. I was, it. Was, I mean, there were some prospectors you out good. there. I mean, they were, try- they were trying to put a Derek in his pot. It just you know, <laughs> wasn't enough time.
1: That, his oil was called Wildcatters. Oil. Wildcatters.
0: Yes. I'm
2: saying that from uh, a place of love, Brent, if you're listening.
0: Yeah, he won't be listening. He, he's too busy opening bars and chasing right. his dog. Oh, Who we love, we love Bub.
3: We love Bub. <laughs> we, love Bob.
0: He, we love him more than better than Brett. Uh, so uh, I don't. I probably mentioned this once, but my my son has a Bub uh, pillowcase. We got it for his birthday. It's all pictures of Bub because oh he loves Bub so much. He has a guitar strap with Bub on it because he plays guitar. Guitar strap with Bub on it. Anyway, we love that dog.
3: Bub's a good one.
0: Yep. All right. All right, Faye. What else we need to? Can we make fun of bread anymore? There's got to be. I mean, next year y'all gonna you're gonna call your shot and you're gonna go for a repeat. Sir. Yeah, mean, uh, I mean,
1: you gotta look. Tom Brady's retired. I think there's I know, a it's team open. at the at the top of the sports, you know, competition dominating world. So yeah, you got you got to go to do it again, right?
3: You know, I'd really like to bring back the squirrel gumbo, but, you know, Dad, I don't hunt being here in Austin. You know, you can't eat these squirrels. All they eat is trash. So I call in my dad and my uncles and say, hey, I need y'all to get out there and really, yeah. really work for me here and get some good squirrels in. And they called me this year and said, Sarah, it's just not it's just not a good good year for the squirrels. They're just not <laughs> you. you, you COVID.
0: <laughs> even decimated
3: i tried to get you tried to order
1: up some west feliciana squirrels
3: well you know you can't order those from d'artagnan like you do the guinea fowl so
0: Yeah. (laughs) well i mean you have plenty of time to figure out what you're going to do well
3: it's year-round squirrel season we're not in the panhandle where you can't shoot them so yeah they ought to start to work now
1: i wish somebody would come over and shoot the squirrels in my
0: yard but that's just me Yeah.
2: Actually, I I meant to ask this earlier. So when you're prepping your squirrel gumbo for a gumbo competition in suburban Austin, like how do you get your
1: squirrels? Do you like you go in your backyard and just start start blasting? Or first you gotta uh, take them out of the fanny pack.
3: No, no, you can't eat squirrels from Austin because all they do is rummage in the trash. So you have to get those nice like acorn fed squirrels, pine fed squirrels from the Feliciana. So my dad (laughs) and uncles will hunt and Keep them for me and skin them, and then I'll just pick them up when I go home.
1: <laughs> Got it. Okay. Wow, this is nice because hey, I so feel you like in Louisiana
2: squirrels in yeah, yeah.
3: Louisiana squirrels. So when I when I did the squirrel gumbo for the first competition, you know, we t- everyone asked, "What are you What are you serving?" This and that, and I just say Louisiana wild game. Well, not one person <laughs> asked me what is Louisiana wild game, so I didn't have to broach that subject.
0: Smart right
3: and and they all they all ate it and you know loved it it. or if they didn't love it they didn't say so and no one threw a fit afterwards so hey
0: i hope that wasn't the year i judged
3: competition you liked the eden squirrel and you just didn't know it so
0: Mm.
1: i feel like people in austin especially if you're in austin proper might want to know that your squirrels were sustainably sourced right (laughs) or perhaps free range squirrels yeah and they were so
0: that's good
3: yeah, yeah free
0: uh, range. And they the look like a West Felicia organic squirrels. Yeah. Exactly, we
3: West Felicia yeah. Parish. Yeah. De-
0: wow. De-
2: okay. Yeah. Well, um, that's great. Well, sorry, I'm still I'm still stuck image wise. I know. Squirrel, like, in, in I'll,
3: I'll have to send you a, you a picture. I have a I have a photo because also you know it is a delicacy. Um, teeth the squirrel brains. That's the most favored part brain. of the squirrel. So what you do is you know, you save the heads, they're nice and clean, and you put them right in the bottom of the pot of gumbo and just let them simmer and simmer for however long you're <laughs> cooking, hopefully a day or two. And then, you know, <clears throat> the prized you'll get the the big scoop with the head on top of your bowl of gumbo, and you get, crack it open and enjoy the... <laughs> the
0: that is. You're you know, getting pranked, you're getting pranked,
2: Fabian. Climate. She's pranking you. I'm gonna, tell my, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell my wife after the show that apparently my i'm, gonna,
3: brain I'm gonna send you a picture i'll send you a picture when we we hop off here oh
0: please do can't wait uh the Ooh, eyeballs put are on delicious
1: show
3: twitter
0: yeah oh yeah can we put on the twitter
3: yeah yeah tune sure. in to next I'll, I'll week a, i'll find a fanny pack photo too yes yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. Daniel Anything you, the you the send us and give us permission to put on the <laughs> to promote the show, this is yeah. going up Thursday.
2: It like one of those like 1990s fanny packs where it's yeah. like
1: by the bell or something.
3: Oh or yeah. So new we, kids
1: on the block yeah, or
2: something. They,
3: you know, 95, 94, 95, somewhere around there.
1: Perfect. Also, oh gosh. you could see the fanny pack and the person is also holding a trapper keeper at the same time. <laughs> <Pretty
0: much.
3: laughs> a Frank trapper. Members
0: only jacket. One. Or is, am I too old for that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: anyway. I think you're right on, man. Wearing some guest jeans, yeah, just yeah. with a fanny pack full of squirrel tails sticking out. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, so last thing, so uh, Sarah's now said she's going to destroy bread again next year. That's been established. Okay, I'm done. Fame, and you can bring us home because. Zoom says we haven't paid for the upgrade and it's going to cut us off in a couple minutes.
2: <laughs> the good news is, though, Sarah, if you beat bread again, I think that is a, a version of defeating climate change because, like, you're getting rid of oil. The
0: oil. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, man.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, yes. End, end on that. Huh? On fossil fuels, beat bread berries, gumbo. <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new motto. Well, look, Sarah, uh, it's been great having you on you sh- on the show. Thanks for joining us today from your, uh, from your friend's kitchen <laughs> and, and describing all of the uh, unique ingredients you've put in gumbo's. Uh, we really appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Of course, anytime. And ladies and gentlemen, as you know, you can hit us up on our social medias. We're on Twitter at gumbo show. On Instagram at Doug Gumbo Show. That's DA Gumbo Show. We also have a website, gumboshow.us. Hit us up on there. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, whether you would like a squirrel brain in your gumbo. And until next time, may your roost be dark and your bowls be full.